I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sports Fist episode 138. We're getting up there a little long in the tooth. Um, it's me, Poochie. I'm with the uh, regular cast of characters, John. Hi, John. With another dozen or so episodes, we'll be the same age as Captain Munnerlin. Oh, good. That was good. I didn't, I didn't expect a Captain Munnerlin uh, pot shot coming from you, but... I do love pot shots. You it's never really... cease to surprise us. I exist only to take shots at people and then walk away. I, Fucking just cheap shots. I just hope left Captain Munnerland's like, hey, you know, I've heard about this sport of Paco. He clicks it in. Yeah. He's got his, he's on the plane. And uh, he's got his headphones on. Motherfucker, <laughs> just seven seconds in. Take a shot at him. What? Trying to be, like, more local. You know, I'm just trying to yeah. do what I can to, you know. Let's see what the locals talk about here on this. I'll try this podcast out. What the Boy, f- this seems like it's got some random yokels on it. Let's see what they have to say. <laughs> Tough crowd. Yours will be just as old as Captain Munderland. Motherfucker. <laughs> Stu's also here. Hi, Stu. Yeah, I'm just I'm going by the ostrich now. So what's up, ostrich? Oh shit! It's the ostrich. I, I, and we've also got Clarence Swamptown. I should I forgot to do it in my Oprah voice this time. Let me my try to get Clarence Swamptown. <laughs> What's up, fuckers? And, and fellow ostriches? Ostri? Ostri, I Ost- think. Ostriches? Ostri- Flightless Ostri- birds of note. Okay. Ostri. That's a Sharkman deal. Sharkman called us. He, the Teddy Truthers. Called you, technically. He called yeah, you. Yeah. He did um, not. He called I'll... me the ostrich. But we or, can like divide. That'll help give names to the two camps. The guys who think Teddy can do no right are the Teddy Truthers and the guys who... Just want to give a young guy a shot, or the ostriches, and just See to clear, yeah, it's like perfect. The reasonable ones, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like the, like it. it's like pro life. It's just our podcast. I can't argue against it. <laughs> exactly, I'm in favor of life. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, you're right. Uh, Dear Teddy Truthers, when did you stop beating your wife? <laughs> oh boy, yeah. It's and and just to be clear, there is no in between. No, there is no nuance to be. We, although we are the nuance leaders, there is no in between on this debate. One of the few places where there's no 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 Binary. nuance. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so just to, to let listeners behind the curtain a little bit, how we typically do this is before we press record, uh, we all get on the phone together and I say, hey, what do you guys want to talk about? And then there's an audio problem. And there's an audio problem. And then I say, hey, what do you guys want to talk about? And then it's just crickets for about a minute and a half. Um, so I've started to get used to it. And because of that, I have uh, prepared questions for each one of you. So I think we should just walk through my questions for this episode. I have six total. Is it? You, oh, so we each get one question and nobody else can answer it? You each or get two questions. It's, question. it's really just a jumping off point for a conversation. But I wanted well, to make sure I included all of you so you get two questions apiece and we'll mix and match as we go. Is it a free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects? I'd like to think so, yeah. I, I mean, occasionally is probably underselling us a little bit. I mean... <laughs> A free-flowing conversation that is exclusively about mature subjects. I mean, I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm going to set the over-under on us calling each other cunt like 14 times. Yeah, 14. Just just Tell using the history as a guide, which is what we typically like to do here. It's one of our mottos. Yep, that and nuance. That's what we're known for. We're really into nuance and using history as a guide. Those are, if we have two things, those are our two <laughs> things. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, you guys ready to get started? We're ready. First question is for Clarence. Are you fully recovered from the Vikings game last week? Yeah, I'm okay. You okay with it? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when we last spoke to you, you were accusing refs of, like, fucking a horse midfield or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what was. Is that? Mm-hmm. Did I have that right? Uh, well, there was the refs. Uh, Matthew they, never, they never denied horse fucking. No, I, I, no post-game comments. Their silence is deafening. Nobody addressed it. Mm-hmm. The media won't touch it. The media won't ask. It's, a, it's too hot. It's too hot for them to handle. You know, for the lamestream media, we're the only people who will bring this sort of stuff up. That's why we're the best. Um, Khalil was there. Uh, like, they were... He was right there next to him, fucking the horse, too. Uh, Norval... <laughs> Uh, they were all there, but I'm over it. Taylor Swift, shake it off. Mm-hmm. It was a fun I, game. I it was unexpectedly exciting. I mean, I think after the initial loss, it you you got back to a little more equilibrium. A couple days later, it's like, well, everyone thought they were going to lose by 49 points mm-hmm. and get re- and get relegated along with Chelsea. And jeez, <laughs> um, just I just. Uh, I'm yeah, I, I I made peace with it around Saturday night, I think. So it just took you like sixty hours. It took a little while. It, it, it just it was. A, I mean, losing the same way twice in one year is difficult, and yeah, especially when both the teams are playoff teams that you took, you know, pretty much to the last you know minute on the road. So you take that, and I, I know there's no moral victories. I, I listened to you too, Dan Barrero, and uh, still at this time they basically pushed Arizona with nobody on defense at all in Teddy's best game of the year with the exception of the last play. So I just, I'm a little less, I'm a little more sanguine about it than I was on Thursday night. And you, Ostry, are blaming uh, Norv probably for the play call and then uh, Teddy Truther were blaming Teddy for holding on to it too long and not throwing it away immediately when he felt the the heat in the kitchen, right? For not doing his job, which he gets paid for. Yeah. Okay. 
for not like looking at the one thing that Dwight Freeney can do. <laughs> at the age of him and Captain Munderland are in the same old fold, so I'm talking about the things they can still do on the football field. Yeah, it, it was and on the didn't... cover of ARP that week was like, do a spin move. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't just slightly get beat. Oh, my God. I mean, like we said on the podcast, when it happened, he got thrown 12 yards. Yep. Thrown aside like a he rag. like a poltergeist, threw him aside. All because he screwed up his steps because he's the only guy left in the league that Dwight Freeney can beat around the edge. The haunting of Glendale. Amazing. Okay, so that makes sense to me. He's slow enough where he had to sort of go out to the edge because he was afraid of that, and then Freeney was like, well, I'll just do this patented bloop, 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 game over, right? Beep, bloop. Yep, well, he, he took two steps with his left foot and then had to cross over and just chase him because he was about to, Freeney was just basically going to sprint around him and kill Teddy. And then all Freeney did was pull one spin move, and Khalil just fell aside like Ron Gant tripping over first base. Mm-hmm. If you guys recall, I was not in a great place mentally while we were watching that last play. No, you hated uh, it. You hated it a lot. <laughs> uh, everyone, and, everyone, all of our feedback was positive about the show. That's the <laughs> that was the amazing thing. You this guys is, should do that more often. This is the the life of a producer is just like it's not perfect. I'm sad and not just letting it flow. <laughs> I also had like very choppy. I couldn't really see what was actually happening because I don't have cable, so I had to like dial in on an iPad to yada yada yada. So I don't even. They were how close? They was what a forty-eight, fifty-yarder, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like a forty-seven. Like a, it would, yeah, it would have been a dicey kick. It really would have been. Right, right. Uh, I like the idea of calling another play um, because you're right. It, it was not a no-brainer, and I, I always think that coaches for the most part play to not lose so i kind of like the idea that they were playing a little bit more aggressive than you'd 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 expect but did not work out didn't work out yeah but if you're playing aggressive don't you just drop back and throw a hail mary for mike wallace or something stupid like that i mean i can get behind that kind of stupidity just pure balls out idiocy yep i'm fine with that this was half this was a half measure wasn't it yeah just like Les Miles was coaching a pro team. Like, you know what we should do instead of kicking this field goal? Let's throw a pass downfield that means the clock might run out during this play. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. As we learned from Breaking Bad, no half measures. Half no, measures are a bad thing. So you're right, John. I think that makes sense. Um, I, I guess I just feel fortunate in hindsight that I wasn't really able to watch a whole lot of it because uh, <laughs> I don't even really, I didn't really, honestly, I hadn't, didn't really understand exactly what happened. Even when I saw the fumble, I was like, huh, all right. I suppose. The thing that people really seem to enjoy about the podcast was the pure pleasure of waiting for us to see the final play, yeah. knowing what was going yeah. to happen, hearing <laughs> the hope in our voices. <laughs> that really part in particular. Happy. Yeah. Right. That that was probably pretty awesome. It worked out really well for listeners, not so much for producers, recorders, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, so, Producing is a very strong word. I know. I was going to say, that sounds almost professional, uh, which we're not quite there yet. Someday. Um, yep. Another 130 episodes, we'll have all of our technical problems finally solved. Yeah. We'll, we'll see about that. We'll co- I'll come back to you at episode 268 and see what we think. <sighs> That's a long time from now. Yep. Make a note. This is not one of my this is not one of my official questions, but because this is still the Clarence segment. Uh Clarence, give me your excitement level on the rest of the season. I want you to rank it between flaccid and tucked in the waistband. Um like it's like 
uh, it's not flaccid. It's like mm, seven thirty. You know. Uh huh. It's. I know seven thirty. I'm almost thirty five years old. I know seven thirty real well. It. Uh, <laughs> on the horizon is the playoffs, but in between here and the playoffs is the thought that the most likely team they're going to face in the playoffs are the Packers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I just don't, I don't have, uh, I don't have high hopes. So I have, you ha- you're, I've seen this movie before. Yeah, you're hopeful, but you've, it's, the wife gave you a look that something might happen, and she said, hey, I'm just going to give my mom a call for a few minutes. <laughs> yep. And you go, oh, okay. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, I'll see you tomorrow. That's a, that's a great, yeah, that's a great analogy. Okay, it all right. Have, Romantic dinner w- followed by a phone call to mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. That makes sense to me. Hold on, I'm just going to check my work email. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Uh. <laughs> that is a good level. I think I agree with that level. Uh, Stu or John, do you have differing opinions on your excitement level? That's right where I am. I... Yeah, I'm. I'm already angry about the Vikings' loss to the Packers in the playoffs. I'm worried about the angry about the play call. Yep. Like yep. Norv, it's yep. like a some sort of fucking goofy draw play that I'm just going to be angry about for a decade. I'm angry yeah, about right. the we'll have the bad injury luck. You know, I, I guarantee none of those the three defensive guys will be out for the playoff game. Sure of it. Green Bay will be probably fully healthy. They'll get like guys back because that's just you know that's how it works. And I'm okay with it. I mean, if they get to the playoffs this year, it's better than I expected it to be. So. I'm, you I'm, know, I I'm already envisioning the smug, satisfied look on the faces of all the Packers fans I know because my repeated calls to to get Wisconsin to pay for a wall on the border and close that border just not been heated and they're everywhere. God, I can't wait for Cam Newton to beat the Packers by like five oh. touchdowns. The only and better he, thing would be if it was in Lambeau and Aaron Rodgers threw six interceptions in that game. That's true. That is true. But yeah, and I mean, I'm just gonna guess that they're. Green Bay fans aren't going to be very polite about Cam Newton doing flamboyant things. If I've known Packer fans well enough to know that they're they're not big fans of that type of thing. They like Bo Ryan. They like your unflashy forty-five point basketball game type of guys. They're not not, not big on the. Uh, I think Cam what you're Newton saying is they're a dab free people. Well, I'm just <laughs> saying they're straight up racist. Is what I'm. I oh, okay. I, I don't think I'm dancing around it that much. So. <laughs> So that's why I really, I really want to see Cam Newton destroy him again. I just, I mean, it'd be fun to see Seattle beat him again, just because it's fun. Oh, yeah, another onside kick that got screwed up, and Seattle yeah. beat him again. That would be also excellent. And what's weird is I don't. I think I've to- completely seen no way in which Arizona comes out of the NFC. I think it's either going to be Seattle or Carolina. Yeah, I suppose so. But all three of those teams are really legit. They are. I just, I, I guess I just, I couldn't believe the Vikings took them. You know did that well against them. It was like, really? You could only get 23 points on, on that defense. Such an odd game too. Like, I just yeah. wonder if you played that game out 10 times, 
I mean, didn't like Rhett Ellison have a bunch of yards passing? Damn, and there Michael... was that one dump off pass where he like had to stop and take like five breaths. <laughs> and he kept running. Water break. Could... <laughs> he was so wide open. Yeah, just an odd game. I mean, it was great. It was super yeah, exciting. I mean, but yeah, I, I think his love for Mike Zimmer is completely justified. I think that that's a hell of a defensive game plan to do that because Carson Palmer's having an MVP year if it wasn't for Cam Newton. In my opinion, so totally. I'll let Clarence talk about Mike Zimmer here a little more if he wants to. I I can't. I'm seven thirty turned to. <laughs> oh boy! Now it's <laughs> she turned the work email off. No, I don't. Um, I'm not even going to check it. <laughs> they took one of the, the top the ring quarter, one of the top two quarterbacks in the NFL this year, and they basically held him in check with God knows who they had in the secondary by the end of the game. They might have had you know Waswas or Wanga back there, and Anthony Bass for all I know, and they. Held him to twenty three points. That's just Maricopa uh, County no, Sheriff no. Joseph Arpaio was playing safety for the Vikings. They had to suit him up. Pink jumpsuit. They told him the receivers had the real birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> Patting everyone down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so Joe Arpaio would be would be he'd be scary in the secondary because you know he's packing like seven or eight guns like, <laughs> all over the place oh, okay, safety okay, off you've been, to, you've been to arizona before everyone's got seven to eight guns. that's true, that's, <laughs> that's that's just true. going to walmart in arizona is taking your life into your own hands oh i can't imagine cannot imagine uh any other vikings thoughts we've got um God damn it! Who are we? Bears. No, the, the Vikings receivers are just now breaking out of their uh, their routes on that last play. Norv's <laughs> just now getting them breaking out of their routes. They're just about five minutes ago. Mike Wallace has been sprinting across the country. <laughs> <laughs> They're just now doing that out. That Norv called for. I want you to do us Mexico now. <laughs> seven different moves and then try to get open. It's an yeah, out all the and whole out. Time. And button hook and out and post. And out and up and back. Come back to the line of scrimmage and then do a post. We'll be open. Teddy will be running around. (laughs) It's numbers 2, 6, 7, 9, and 12 on the route tree. I think the defense is doing a 30 Mississippi here, so we should be fine. (laughs) They're on their honor. Rudolph, what I need you to do is button hook, read War and Peace, (laughs) write me a synopsis. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe a white paper. Yep. Three to five pages, single spaced. Then an out route. Peel a potato. Perfectly. <laughs> no skin. Well, it was a yeah, it was a bummer of an ending, but uh but a good game and yeah, it does feel like at least there's been a couple games this year where they've hung with good teams, right? So that's two two games. Hang your head on that. I, uh, fuck. That and that and a nickel. Pretty much. Yeah. Who's the best team they've beaten? Uh, Kansas City. Atlanta. I was just oh, going to say KC. KC. Get it so hard. I think it's KC. Atlanta's KC. bad. KC's oh, good. Yeah. We were. Yeah. That was the one where the guy, uh, the offensive lineman, made his own guy fumble, and we won, right? Yeah. You that know, was, that was beautiful. the case of the Vikings actually getting a team at the right time. As that was opposed to perfect. Vice versa. Yeah. True. What a game. What uh, It's one of the few games I remember from this season. I'm, I'm not very good at remembering recent games. But their favorites this week, and then they're kind of a 50-50 against the Giants, and then they'll probably be underdogs, but not 
of course, not impossible against Green Bay. So eight and five right now, it seems like they'll be nine and seven or 10 and six, almost for sure. And they'll be playing in Lambeau first weekend of the playoffs, almost for sure. 80% chance, something like that. Which uh, is better than we were all thinking, So, except for Stu. Stu had it nailed from the beginning, right? Prediction-wise? No, he did. Um, our friend uh, Michael Rand, mm-hmm. you're familiar, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Podcaster Emeritus. He says that the uh, Vikings uh, will that we'll be playing a repeat team in the playoffs, but it'll be Arizona. He thinks Green Bay is going to win out and overtake Arizona in the two seed. Okay, okay. Oh. He just is, is. He just says things. Just, just I think for that's fun, crazy right? talk. But uh, does he have any evidence to back it up? He's trying um, to kiss up the Packers fans after running your ILS for yeah. Three his theory, years. his theory is that McCarthy taking over the play calling is what's going <laughs> to be the trick. They're just Which they're I just going to. That's more of an act of des- of a very desperate man who knows how much how deep shit he is in. They're going to field goal people to death. Championship game by himself last year. I think uh, he's he knows that he's got to do something, and I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a. I think it's it's a it's a patch job at best for that team. I think they're still incredibly flawed. Well, he stopped doing the play calls so he could what focus on the defense more. It, why would you stop if you know what you're doing? I I don't know what he's he's having a midlife crisis right on the sidelines. He's been going through like different beard styles and different vests and stuff. <laughs> just, I, think I think there's trouble at home for Mike McCarthy. That's really my honest answer. Tea leaves, reading into the tea leaves. Smart. Yeah, that's what that's what people tune in for is our analysis. Yeah, his body huh. language is is it's striking to me. Yikes! Bought a Fiero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Left his wife, married a twenty-four-year-old. Oh, Her name's boy. Tawny. <laughs> I've been by the high school an awful lot lately. Just Tamara, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. <laughs> legally, you can't be here. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, that's all I got on the Vikes game. Okay. Okay. Question right, number question. two. Question number two. John. What does this Seth Green news mean for me? The what now? The, what are we talking about? We're talking gopher football, Seth Green, the recruit. Oh, I was thinking about the, the comedian who was briefly popular in the 90s. Yeah, no, I just watched Can't Hardly Wait, and I haven't been caught up on popular culture. Is he going to be a star? I, I wish I could transcribe the number of thoughts that race through my head as I tried to think of what Seth Green, not the East Ridge quarterback, but the guy who is in Austin Powers. Is there a new Austin done. Powers it's not coming that out? Enough to bring it up on the podcast. That this question that this question would have been directed at me. John, like, let me ask you, what's up with Topher Grace? <laughs> so I mean, is he still around? My main thought was, did somehow Seth Green? get involved with the ownership group for Minnesota United, and that's why this question is directed at me, and when did this happen? Jeez. You really went somewhere crazy in a heartbeat. Is this how your brain always works? Well, I think you know me well, Brandon, and you know that, in fact, it does work like this all the time. There's a name I haven't heard in a while. Is he buying United? And I was like, why why, why would they do that? I, I really, my brain started thinking, well, this is true, but why would they do that? And how am I going to comment on this? And 
anyway, none of it makes any sense. And Seth Green is he was a big time recruit, uh-huh. and then ran into some kind of problems at Eastridge, and I can't actually remember what they were. Some kind of academic irregularity or something like that. I'm not sure what it was. You mean anyway, he was failing classes? Is that what academic irregularity I means? I don't think so. It was. He just he was, was in the wrong class, but still making he good grades. He was ineligible for some reason. This is, you know, part and parcel of our information-heavy podcast that we do here. But. <laughs> That's why people tune in. The analysis so was, and the data. He was going to go to Oregon, which, obviously, if you get an offer to go play at Oregon instead of playing in Minnesota, you kind of got to take that offer. And then he ended up transferring to a school in Texas. Allen. Like a big-time football powerhouse where yep. he... he my understanding is he didn't play a heck of a lot, but you can be the backup quarterback in Allen, Texas, and still be an awfully good recruit. But in the meantime, Oregon also signed two other quarterbacks to letters of intent, and I think Seth Green sort of read the writing on the wall a little bit and thought, you know, mm-hmm. I'm backing up at my high school, and two other guys who presumably have played all year are going to be in competition with me for the quarterback job at Oregon. So An impressive maybe, display of humility. Maybe, just maybe, going to Minnesota where my competition is a guy who is the human embodiment of a moose. Lakeville Tebow? Is, yeah, Lakeville Tebow, Lakeville Jesus. Maybe this is a better option for my future prospects. Probably a little homesick. I I would imagine. I mean, probably a factor. Yep. I know. I know very little about his about his particular situation, as I've demonstrated in the last three minutes of this podcast. Yeah, made it clear. No clue. <laughs> I I mean, it's obviously good for the Gophers. He he was a pretty strong prospect, and I don't know that that has necessarily diminished his particular qualities and made him a prospect just to, just to sit on the bench in Allen, Texas, this year, but. What is Allen like a Dallas suburb, Brandon? You being our Texas expert. It is. Yeah. It's the one that made national news about five years ago for that stadium that was, I don't know, 60 million or 70 million, some oh, insane amount. Oh, that's right. And it was, it, it actually made such big news that when we first moved there, it was, you know, when we wanted to go see the Friday night lights, you know, in, in person, that was the city we chose. So we went to an Allen game. And it, yeah, it, it was really impressive. It was incredible. It felt like a, it felt like a college game. It felt like a mid. It was more impressive than UMD, which is a, a Division two powerhouse. I mean, it was a bigger, nicer stadium than that. So, um, so that's the Allen that he went to. So, which yeah, you're right. It, it, it's an absolute powerhouse for sure. So it's this is a it's a coup. For the Gophers, right? Is he going to play, you think? like As you've demonstrated, you have no idea. But just talk to me for a little bit. Yeah, just he, just say some words in a string. Coordinator. It's a fair question to ask, John. Yeah, now that Dave has taken over the offense. Here's the thing. Seth Green will bring some talent to Dave's yeah. offense, by which I mean he's mobile. And Dave Dave's goal is for the Gophers to not throw a single pass this entire year. He'd okay. like to go a whole year without passing. He's just hates modern life. He he's got a lot of rage in his heart. Yep. He he lives off the grid. Uh-huh. He has a uh, apocalyptic stockpile of canned fruits and vegetables. Mhm. And, and film, of course, film. a cache of film. weapons that he's got from the various weapons for 
coach injury. <laughs> Barry Switzer is a man who would have a cache of weapons. Yes, he would. Barry Switzer has guns buried in the back in the backyard just in case. Smart the most man. entertainingly corrupt human being, I think, on in recent memory. That's a good point. That's a good good thought. Not Dave Barry Switzer. Dave's, I think, led an honest life. So. What about uh, Charles Sheen? He's entertaining. Nah, he's an asshole. Oh, he's never won a Super Bowl either. So, well, that's uh, you got me in a you got me in a box there, Stu. Hard to argue with. Hard to argue with. Yeah. So the Gophers' quarterback situation is a little weird. You got Leidner coming back, who's basically been the starter for two years, mm-hmm. and who will be a senior next year. But behind him, you've got. I mean, there's still Chris Strebler around, who famously completed played an entire game while completing one pass a couple of years ago. Yep. Um. <laughs> There, there's a couple other walk-ons on the roster, like uh, Jack Para, who was at Roseville, who I think you know he's the guy that comes in on the thir- in the spring game on the third string and completes a couple of passes, and people are like, "How about this Para kid?" And they got um, Jack Para is a, a character from a he's a Canadian character in a movie made in the '70s about hockey. <laughs> For sure. He was the one, the one that he tried to cash in on slap shots heat. It's like called power play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Knock off a B movie. It's got like Michael Onkeen's brother Dave in it. It's got Dave Onkeen. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Clint Howard. Somehow, <laughs> somehow John Candy's in it for no good reason whatsoever. He just didn't say no. All right. He's just Canadian having to be around. But, I mean, the real backup is Demery Croft, who played, what did he play, like two series at the end of one game? And everyone thought, well, it was the end of Mitch Leiter. And then Leiter played the entire rest of the season. Demery Croft is an actress on an off-Broadway show. Just really wants to get into drama. Yeah. So, so, you know, you bring in Seth Green, and he kind of looks like maybe their best quarterback prospect. Great. Other than obviously Leitner's obviously Leitner's going to start the season as the quarterback. Well, probably. I we don't even know who the offensive coordinator is going to be. Well, I'm going to stop you right there before you start saying negative things about Seth Green, and I'm going to choose to believe the conclusion to this is he's our best new quarterback. Seth Green is the savior. Seth Green, and I'm still waiting for that follow up on Can't Hardly Wait. Great movie. What is going on <laughs> with Can't Hardly Wait? Okay, sec. Uh, uh, question one B to you, John. Uh, this Jeff Jones news was this surprising, or was do you was it? it I feel like he was a the really big Jeff Jones. <laughs> he he got busted for like kitty porn, right? That's that was kind of shocking. I mean, he was in Ferris Bueller. Yeah. So my question but to you is: Is he buying into the Minnesota United ownership? Group is Jeff Jones out of prison? Is my question to you, John? Well, Jeff Jones was the guy who who didn't qualify academically and then they were going to play him at running back and then maybe wide receiver and then maybe defensive back. He's the, he's the new version of Dominique Sims. who was another guy who in the early two thousands was this excellent athlete who played at De La Salle. And first he was going to be a quarterback and then he's not going to, we're not going to play him a quarterback. He's going to be a wide receiver. And then he was a safety. And I think he may have ended his career as a linebacker. Never really playing any games. So. Damn it! Really? Did Jones say where he was going? Where he was transferring to? Iowa Western. Iowa Western. Yeah, that sounds about. I mean, he's just—he's he, a guy who probably wants to play a little bit and is not going to get a chance at Minnesota for whatever reason. And yeah, he was a stud though, right? A little smaller. 
Yeah, he was he was a stud at uh, Minneapolis Washburn. I think it was Is Washburn. Right? Yeah, my little brother. He was um, a Miller. What's that? He was a Miller. I'm sorry. Yes, Washburn. Washburn Miller. My uh, little brother, and that's quotes. Big brother, little brother program played at South, and uh, was like. That guy is just a man amongst boys. He's unfucking believable. He'll be a star. So, obviously, this is coming from a kid who's got run over by Jeff Jones for four straight years. So, the weird thing is, though, it's really you look at the guys who play in the Minneapolis City Conference, and yeah, they're men among boys. But how good are they really? You know no, I mean? totally. Yeah, like North has sixteen guys well for football every year, and somehow they're still fine. But. You just, I just cheer for those guys more, you know, just in general. So I was really hoping he, uh, I don't know, it sounds like he's just trying to figure it out. He's scrapping a little bit. We've all been there. Yep. So good luck, Jeff Jones. Please come back. You know, just to back up for a second, your little brother, the last I remember hearing about your little brother, you wrote a blog post where you didn't know where he was or something like that. So I'm glad you, you found him again. I did. That was a, that was a few years ago. That, blog that was many years ago, and many I, many years ago. I have, I, I, to be honest, I've occasionally wondered what happened with that in the intervening years. So I'm glad we finally got an update here. Yeah, still buddies. He's uh, he just turned 21 two weeks ago. Oh, exciting! Yeah, and he's in college and has various odd jobs like anybody would do at that age. And he's he's doing well. Just hung out with him, uh, I think, about a month ago. Oh man. So he's a good kid, and it's a good lesson of um, he's a good success story of where he was from, and very little guidance. And you know, the odds are so unbelievably stacked against you. I I could talk about it all night, but uh, yeah, it's good to see some guys come out of that and 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 be good, happy people. So very cool. Will you be my mentor next? Yes. Yep. I was just gonna I was just gonna suggest that you need help. I do. I uh, have some odd jobs, just like anybody would. Yeah, very true. Um, very true. Made it out of that of some harrowing upbringing, from yep. what I hear about uh, your brother Dave. You know, having to be around him, not easy. Poor Dave, such a nice person. Yeah, I know. Thought of him yeah. on the podcast. It's a real bummer. Okay, question three. This is to Stu. Oh boy, Stu, I am curious about what the the only news coming out of uh, the Minnesota Twins camp. The only addition that they have made to their team is just a shitload of netting. Is that right? It's the only thing yeah. that they've done right now is bought a bunch of netting because oh, they think we're a bunch of p words that can't catch a foul ball or an errant shard of wood coming at our children at 115 miles an hour. Is that what you're Basically, telling me? That is what I'm telling you. They uh, did What's nothing the- in the winter meetings at all. Oh, they, I'm sorry. They lost a guy in the rule. Zach from Saved by the Bell. They lost him. So worse than nothing. They did worse than nothing yeah. so far this year. And I mean, they're actually down one player. Yeah. Down. I mean, it's, it's sort of unfair because they were active prior to the meetings with the Byung-ho Park signing and trading Aaron Hicks for John Paul, Patrick, Michael Murphy, Ryan Murphy, Murphy, Ryan Johnson. Jinglehammer Schmidt. Yep. Yes, exactly. The best Irish cop in the damn neighborhood. And don't you forget it. Um, Two days from retirement. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're kind of sitting there with a bullpen that needs addressing, and they let a lot of decent bullpen prospects get signed or or acquired. And uh, it all seems to be because, like, they're all getting – like, they're all, like, setup guys who are going to get three years, 18 million, and 
Terry Ryan is not going to pay $6 million a year for a middle reliever because Calvin Griffith didn't do it and Andy McPhail <laughs> didn't do it. So, I mean, and I understand that. I mean, it's a crazy amount of money to give to a middle reliever just even like five years ago. I think we would have gone, what the fuck is that about? But right. That's the going rate. And Terry Ryan is your old grandpa who's at the store going, how come milk costs more than 59 cents? And now you're going to end up with Trevor May, who was like their second or third best starting pitcher last year, as probably like their seventh or eighth inning guy. So. We talk about this a lot, and it's probably becoming somewhat of a broken record, but you know, a lot of this comes down to benefit of the doubt. You know, there are some teams that are also probably not active in the relief market, but they've shown success or they've shown a plan where you go, you know what, they're probably not getting relievers on purpose because they've seen some sort of it's inefficient to pay that much for guys, so they instead are going to, I don't know, fucking trade for a bust of a starter from another team that's been languishing in AAA, and we're going to turn him into our relief pitcher. Like some sort of inefficiency in the market. Or they're sitting on like a half dozen better versions of Michael Tonkin in the minors who all throw like 98 miles per hour. For Something, one right? Really well. There's lots of different ways where you can explain this way, but the only issue is the wool, the, sorry, the, um, Twins have built up zero goodwill for us to actually trust that they know what they're doing. So I hope that they know what they're doing, but I don't think that they know what they're doing. And hope is not going to get us very far. No. We've talked about this any number of times on this podcast, but if we could just see that they had some semblance of a plan, like I know they're not going to come out and tell you their plan, but you could say, oh, they're stockpiling young power arms and making sure they stay in the organization and promoting them. Well, they're not doing that. They, no. If a guy is getting guys out of AAA, like even going back to Anthony Slam, it's like, well, we don't think he can do it in the big leagues. But yet you get a guy like the guy they just lost in the Rule 5 draft, Zach Morris, and he's throwing 98 or 99 or whatever, and they just don't even put him on the roster or on the 40-man roster so that they can protect a bunch of soft toffer, tossers who are getting guys out of AAA. It's just random. He's got that giant cell phone in his back pocket. Imagine if he lost that giant cell phone. Yeah, think of the so much harder he, he would throw. Um, yeah, and it w- they wouldn't even need to necessarily tell us that. But if they were doing something, I think the amount of writers that pay attention to the Twins would be able to tell us or report or, or analyze that this is what they have going on. This has been their strategy or it's going to be their strategy. I'm not getting a whiff of they know what they're doing at all. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. Even the guys who are enthusiastic and positive, like John Bonus and Nick Nelson, are down on stuff. You know, I uh, I may have mentioned this before. I can't even remember where I read this story, um, <clears throat> so I'd have to go try to find it. But I know that I'm a huge A's fan or Billy Bean fan in particular, but... I was reading an article that said that um, in some sort of winter meetings or something with executives uh, talking about the uh, strike zone for the following year, they were going to crack down on the low strike zone. They thought the, it was getting too too low, so it was going to be a thing where they were talking to the umpires about, um, we're not going to call that strike anymore. And this was, this was the previous offseason. And after that meeting or that announcement or that report, uh, Billy Bean immediately either traded for, or I think he signed uh, Billy Butler from the Royals. And the thinking was that he, Butler in particular, hit really well on balls up in the strike zone and did really poorly on balls low in the strike zone. And that was Billy Bean's um, 
strategy was try to find guys who there might be a, a again, inefficiency is probably a really technical word, but guys who might be undervalued knowing that if this, if this actually comes to fruition, the way they call these strikes, this guy is going to have a lot better year. And whether that worked out or not, or he was healthy or not, or that was true, or they actually called those things, even something like that where you can can understand, I just give so much credit to people who are thinking like that. And I would give a ton of money to to infuse that thinking in Terry Ryan of that sort of minute, uh, smart, analytical uh, thought would be would be amazing and. I wouldn't even need a ton of those examples. Just give me a couple and I'll start having a ton of faith in you because I don't want to be the guy that's like shitting all over everything that they do. Obviously, it's not a whole lot of fun, but um, but we don't see anything even similar to that. Like nothing even... I just want to have a couple examples of this is what they're doing to compete against people who have more money than them. Like they're not going to spend as much as the Dodgers or you know, any of these other top line, whatever. So what are they doing that's different? And I would love to, I would love to have some insight from White Sox traded for Adam Everett, not Adam Everett. God damn it. Todd Frazier. Why did I say Adam? Everett? Same oh deal. God. Same, same guys. Adam Everett, Todd <laughs> what Frazier. Happened there? <laughs> Four syllables, three syllables, you know, whatever. The Sierra Nevada celebration ale is stronger than I thought it was. Those fresh hops are uh, really taking a toll on me. Oh, God, I'm sorry about that. But you, So Adam Kennedy point, is on like the White Sox. The White Sox. Sox are, you know, they're trying something at least. That's their thing, right? They traded for yeah. a really good solid player. So, okay, cool. Yeah, we mean, play in the same division. What are we doing? I mean, they can do, I mean, they're probably looking at what the Twins did last year, being competitive for 160 games, and they've got a better starting pitcher than the Twins do. Yep. I mean, so why not? They got I know Jose Abreu is obviously very good too. Mm-hmm. So why not? I, so they're trying, and I mean, I don't know if Cleveland has done anything. I mean, obviously Kansas City is good, and <laughs> Detroit. Detroit has the done the best Twins move of the year by signing away uh, Mike Pelfrey. So, um, incredible, know. a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping that this 83 wins this past year doesn't become the, uh, what did we deem it last week? Rosemount Steve or Rosemount, what's that guy's name? The Slapshot Clarence? Stan. We call oh. him Stan. Rosemount Stan. I hope yep. this doesn't become no a... No way Clarence remembers anything he said last week. <laughs> no, he, was... <laughs> uh, he had muted his phone. Was on his... He was on his house phone calling the NFL offices, putting in an official <laughs> complaint. <laughs> You're fucking horses on the field. You mean, you mean to tell me nobody saw him fucking that horse? <laughs> Nobody in the whole league office. In the middle of the... <laughs> Not one person. You got drone cameras everywhere. Not one of them caught the guy. Oh, man. Uh, so I hope this is not our Rosemount Stan moment um, for the Twins. And I know there's a there's a counter that's... Hey, it's, you know, it's December, right? There's tons of moves that could be made, but you can't base it on a calendar. You know, 75% or 80 or 90% of the good relievers are gone. Like, I don't give a shit how much time you have. They're not, mm-hmm. you're not signing them now. That's, that's how contracts work. So, you know, it bumps me out. And it sounds like that's fair. It's a fair emotion. I- Yeah, I agree. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, you guys want question, question four? Sure. Question four, this one's to Clarence. Uh, Clarence, what what is Jarrett Stoll? Who or what is what? a Jarrett Stoll? Who or what? Is a Jarrett stole? Do you want like a Wikipedia type answer? I would love if you would um, pull up the Wikipedia page and read every word. Start with early life. I am not gonna do that. No, give me a Uh, give me give me uh, eight seconds. What do you want to know? Let's let's. How about you keep asking more questions and I'll answer. Um, on a scale of no, I don't even know scales anymore. Um, is this a big move or a small move? Small move. Best case scenario, how many extra wins does this get us? Oh, for Christ's sake! Best case. I mean, realistically, I mean, he's not going to turn into he's not going to turn into a Jarmer Jogger, right? <laughs> you son of a bitch! No, he's not. Jeromer. Uh, he is a fourth line center. Uh, that they got because they have had troubles on the penalty kill, and he is a supposedly an outstanding penalty killer. He is definitely one of the best face-off specialists in the game. He is right-handed, which is apparently something they wanted. It, uh, they uh, wanted a right-handed fourth-line center. Um, my... Uh, he's like 32, 33 years old, so he's young, older. Young buck. Yeah, he's he's not For the wild, that's pretty young still. Well, comparatively, he, he, well, he's older than Miko. I'm, I'm almost about 99% sure he's older than Miko. Um, he has, the last couple seasons, been disappointing. He's not scoring as much as he used to. But he's got that pedigree, you know. He's got the uh, the Stanley Cup that he won with the Kings a couple of years ago. So GMs love that kind of stuff. Always oh, won the he, he's won it before. Like you he know, helped uh, win it, or he was just on the team of other guys. Well, he who was were, a, he, he did help. I mean, he was the, he was there, but I mean, he did help. He was in person. But since then, he's kind of fallen off. Um, you know, we can mention that he got arrested this summer for what coke and ecstasy. He was at a party or something <laughs> okay. in Vegas. <laughs> well, Queens of the Stone Age for our longtime listeners there. Quatza is what I call like, him. Is that an odd Clapton version? But I, I <laughs> it's a different, different song. I don't know what that was. <laughs> 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 Alcohol, vodka, dinner. 
Stu, just you know, like the oh. worst Clapton cover of all time. Jeez, <laughs> oh <my laughs> Stu, that's not even. No, that was it's not in the right key. It, it... That was that was feel that was um, um feel good hit of the summer by uh, Queens of the Stone Age. So. Hmm. Was this? It was uh, him getting busted with that? Like he's got a problem, or he just got busted? I don't. He's a party boy. Nothing's happened since. He kind of said it was a one-time deal. He regrets oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. cocaine is usually a one-time deal. Just the first well, time. I just tried it the once. Yeah, sure. All coke addicts have a first time. I mean, there's no the first of uh, a million. But I, I don't think there's been any signs that he is actually a a coke addict. I mean, he's not showing up. As, <laughs> In the face-off circle with his, you know, w- rubbing his nose, like eyes big as dishpans or anything. So I, I don't know. But uh, it should be noted that he got arrested for possession of cocaine at the pool at the MGM Grand in Vegas. Well, if you're going to do cocaine. Well, I mean, that's I not fair. I would have a fantasy football draft at that pool, and it's uh, not very coke-heavy. They hand it to you when you... Get into no, Vegas. You, you guys light. have been there. To... Give you warm Bud Lights. That's all they do. Oh, I guess I was in a different section. Yeah, he may have so... single-handedly ruined NHL's Las Vegas expansion. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, see, this is what's going to happen. We let these guys out in Las Vegas, and soon enough, they're getting busted for cocaine. He's dating Aaron Andrews, which gets a lot of people going. I guess I, I don't know. Uh... She's pretty. She's yeah. Does the yoga you know, commercials? I, so I view all wild moves currently through the and recently for years through the prism of does it make the team faster, more skilled, and or younger? So and, better. So the way that you analyze trades is does it make them better? I'm not big on oh he's he's won a Stanley Cup before oh he's been in the trenches. I, you know, is there something to it? I don't know. You're into but factors that actually lead to wins. I don't. I don't weigh that very heavily. I'm not saying that isn't a factor that exists. I'm saying it. It's a. It's a combination of words that people say. Uh, <laughs> that's the only thing I can say about those factors. I think I probably weigh it more than you do, but that is not saying much since I think you actually weigh it negatively. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just don't weigh it very much at all. Yeah. To be fair, saying that a guy has won the Stanley Cup before and therefore this is a reason to trade for him is the single stupidest thing you can say. It's like, well, the Stanley Cup every season gets locked away in a cave and the map to the cave is only given to people who have won the Stanley Cup before. Yeah, And the Wild can't win the Stanley Cup unless they get their hands on that map. Yeah, any, any yeah. One a ring cool. is just the craziest, but yeah. The, uh, you know, he's not making the team younger, so that you control that. Of the three things that I, I wear, move on. I, you throw that one out. He, he's not fast by any means, so you throw that one out. It's the skilled part, and that's all relative to who is he taking ice time from. Who is he going to replace the most? You've got Carter, you've got Porter, and maybe Holla. Any of the fourth line guys. Uh, which one of those is he going to replace? And is he more skilled than any of those three guys? So that it's all going to hinge on who he replaces, whose ice time he takes, and are they more skilled than he is? So I, I am reserving the right to withhold judgment till they actually tell us who is who's not playing. So they haven't done that yet. 
you know, they play tomorrow night and he's going to play. I mean, they didn't, they didn't sign him so that they can put him up in the press box. That's not going to happen, but it'll be one of those fourth line guys. And I'll be interested to see because I don't Carter and Porter don't do a ton for me, but if he, if they sit Halla, who's currently the guy that is the center, I might be a little grumpy about that. I don't know. Halla's far faster. Um, you know, Stahl is a penalty killer. That's a skill. So getting more skilled, that is a skill, and he's probably better at it than any of those three are. I'd have to weigh that into account and the uh, take that into account, and the, the face-off is a skill. So I have to take that into account. But I'm waiting to see who's who he's taking ice time from before I make final judgment. It's a very measured response. I appreciate that. I'm surprised. <laughs> well, a little bit disappointed. But, well, you know, we're the nuance leaders. leaders. You've well, owned a small business gonna, I mean, before. Can, you understand nuance, subtlety. This is, this move is bullshit. Burn the XL to the ground. That's Fire everybody. There we go. There we go. Just heating up. Uh, did we give up anything to get him? No. Uh, what? Uh, Thirty-two hundred dollars, I think, is the transaction fee. Oh, cool. We can almost afford he, that with our like sweet advertisement money. Half million dollars salary hit. Salary cap hit. They've got no salary cap space right now. None. They've got like down to next to nothing. So, if they were going to make a move, it ha- it would have had to have been like a, what they just did. Okay. Like last last question regarding this dude. Uh, is there a twins equivalent that you can help me out with? Replacing Ed Nunez with the Padres utility infielder okay all right um like that sam fold trade when we got rid of mastriani i don't i can't i don't know who the fuck padres is yeah yes i don't know who the padres utility infielder is but or the diamondbacks pick some team in the other um league and we traded ed nunez for kelly johnson and it wasn't yes, trading Ed Nunez. We picked up Kelly Johnson, and now we're all just waiting to see who they take off the 25-man roster. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. Beautiful. All right, so we are on to question number five. This one's for John. Come on, be about somebody I've heard of this time. <laughs> so what's up with Steve Kaplan? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, no. My question to you is, are you still watching the Wolves? I like, the tonight. All right, they're a quarter of the way through the season, you know. Um, and you're, so you're yep, still quarter pole. Quarter pole. Every game by four points, and afterwards, Twitter is ready to find Sam Mitchell's address uh-huh. and go to his house. Very true. And just burn the whole thing down. Completely accurate. So you're watching them. What are your feelings on on what's transpired so far. They're what, nine and fifteen at this point, something like that? Nine nine and sixteen now or ten and sixteen, somewhere around there. Yeah, it's it's I looked the other day and they weren't that far out of the playoffs in the West, which is kinda nice. Mm-hmm. It's usually at this point of the season in the Western Conference, if you haven't won seventy five percent of your games, you might as well just start tanking for the lottery already. Yeah, it's it's different this year for sure. You need to win fifty five games, but this year it seems like you might be able to win 44 games and still get into the playoffs, which would be a really excellent way to be the first team ever to lose 
an NBA playoff series nine games to nothing against the Warriors. But my counterpoint to what you just said is the Wolves are currently on pace to win like twenty seven games. Yeah, that's the thing because they never actually win. They seem like they're gonna win, and in the first half, pretty often you'd think, well, they gotta win this one. They're up by 16 points already, and I don't see any reason they should come back out of it. And then suddenly, Greg Doritos, and what did we decide for Bielisa? What was his name? B-Jelly. B-Jelly. Suddenly, Greg Doritos and B-Jelly are in there, and they're both taking three-pointers with 21 seconds left on the shot clock. Sam Mitchell's clapping furiously and leaving them in until the middle of the fourth quarter when Greg Doritos is lying dead on the floor and Catnip says actually seized up and has to go to a massage table just to get him loose again. Mm -hmm. And there are Wolves bloggers who are trying to get to Sam Mitchell from behind. Security's holding back a wave of everybody who writes for Punch Drunk Wolves who are (laughs) trying to kill him with their bare hands. And then the Wolves make a furious comeback and lose by four. Yep. That's how a lot of them have gone. You know, most years, let's just use the past 10. Um, let's just use the past 25. Sure. Because this reminds me very much of watching the Wolves in 1992 when I was a kid. Well, Which I was... Is... Yeah, we can go back as far as we want. My point is 80% of our seasons are lost because we're hopeless and helpless and terrible. And 20% of our seasons are lost because we're very underperforming due to bad coaching. This is one of those seasons. And it's more fun because we've won more than uh, I think. I can imagine what, we have won nine games at this point. We, we probably hadn't won our ninth until like mid or to late January last yeah. year. So that's good. But it is unbelievably frustrating to not play up to your potential. So... I suppose there's some credit to Sam somewhere in there, and I'm su- I suppose there's some nuance that I'm missing, but for the most part, in almost every scenario, I am in favor of of the of the as a nuance leader. I'm in favor of nuance, but I'm with the the pitchfork pitchfork people at yep. this point with Sam. He's uh, very rude to the media and very bad with analytics and his rotations make zero sense and he doesn't seem to understand what's wrong and i just don't see anything those so that's all in the cons column right yeah what name one thing that's in the positives column it's all these things that are just sort of like you can credit him if you want to of like uh you know towns is really good that has nothing to do with Sam Mitchell. But it might. You know, you don't know. But it doesn't seem like it does. But if you want to credit him, you could say that. Or like, hey, they've jumped out to a bunch of leads <laughs> before they blowing them well in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. Before yeah. Sam has had the chance to make any substitutions or do any coaching, they play pretty well. When he puts the obvious people in the game, they're great. So it's been it's been a it's weird how quickly we got to being frustrated, you know, it's, as compared to last year. And it's not, it, it's just nonsensical things. It's not like, um, this game you just tried a slightly different rotation. And in the paper, it's like, well, this game Sam Mitchell chose to start with Tayshaun Prince and Kevin Garnett and make Zach Levine stand in the center circle on the top of a ladder balancing 
Yeah. And only able to contest the jump ball. And that was his only job for the entire game. Yeah. And, and there's so many times, and, and I understand it in a way, uh, I understand the spirit behind it of like what I'm calling, just because I'm making it up and I'll regret it, but like this disease of perspective of like, Hey guys, I know that was a bad loss, but they've already won X amount of games, but Towns is good, but Wiggins is doing well, yada, yada, yada. It's like, yeah, I fucking understand all that perspective, but they blew a game that's frustrating and it's annoying and they continue to blow games. So quit quit giving me the larger picture. Just let me be angry now. And the larger picture is irrelevant. Like, I don't give a shit what their future is like. They blew this game and their coach is bad. I don't care how old these players are. He's bad at his job. Got to get him out of here. It's almost like this guy who took several very talented Toronto teams and ran them into the ground until everyone in Toronto actually just put him on an outbound train and made a and set up a couple of Mounties to guard the borders so he could never get back into Canada. Yeah. And he hasn't had a job since then in like a decade. It's almost like this guy isn't very good at coaching NBA basketball. Yeah, I think when like the team that you used to coach, when when you hear that, uh, when they hear that he was hired for your team and they're like laughing at you, mm-hmm. typically that's never a good sign. The only, yeah, the only time that's ever fallen in anybody or uh, come back to anybody is when the Browns fans were happy when Belichick got rehired, but they're Browns <laughs> fans. They're like, they have no clue. It's like when the Vikings hired Mike Tice after a coaching search of 12 minutes. Yeah. Or, Just walk down the hallway. Yeah. Oh, you, you'll do. <laughs> Or like the time the Gophers hired Tim Brewster and everyone in the country just laughed at them. Like, (laughs) you hired who now? I mean, we would need to think about it longer. I am sure there are exceptions of like, you took the simplest route and it ended up working. I just can't really think of any at all. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, this will be an ongoing thing where we continue to try to think of when that has actually worked out. But I'm going to say confidently. 95% 95% of the time or more, it does not work out. And this is another example. And it's frustrating. It's a real bummer. I mean, I know that they're going to be terrible, right? Because they're the Timberwolves. Because Sam Mitchell coaches them. But, like, no matter what, I just, that's my expectation level is always set at, like, okay, cool. Well, they're going to be bad, but hopefully it's entertaining. And it is at times, but it's been a pretty frustrating season. Would you say Sam Mitchell is more or less cantankerous than Greg Popovich? Well, I think that he's much more. My sense is that Greg Popovich is he's a guy that will open up from what I know. You know, I'm talking out of my ass. I'm not a beat writer for them, but he seems like a guy that will open up if you ask him a smart question, but if you ask him a dumb question, he'll just shit on you just for hours. <laughs> just like you fucking moron, I'm not going to whatever. And Mitchell just seems like generally kind of a cranky dude. And I think he's in way over his head. No matter what you ask him, he will do that. He just seems like an overwhelmed guy who is, you know, trying his hardest, doing his best, whatever. But he's just, he's just outclassed. He's just outmatched by all these other more modern thinking. All these uh, other people people that know that a three pointer is worth more than a two pointer. (laughs) Right. And I, and I totally, you know, he talked about it just recently of like, Hey guys, I get it. I'm with you. But we don't have anybody who can shoot three-pointers. I just feel like it's, again, one of those sort of self-fulfilling prophecies of like, 
if you create open looks for guys, you may have some three-point shooters. You don't know. Like Wiggins yeah. could very well be a good three-point shooter. Rubio could Are very you... well be a good three-point shooter. If well, you give them open let's not looks. get ahead of ourselves there. <laughs> well, they, you know, he's a, he's a pretty good free-throw shooter, and they say that typically if you get set on your feet, you should be able to make shots elsewhere. Um, and I think there's a correlation there, but whatever. Um, if you design your offense around it, and there's a huge, like if you look at contested three-point shots versus wide open three-point shots of course they're way better when they're wide open so it's like well maybe that's why all the percentages are suffering but i don't know chicken and egg i suppose but you're still watching that was my question that's good good for you um should we move on to our sixth and final question yeah all right we should last question i can't wait to hear what brandon saved for last this is when the good stuff happens Oh, Jesus. John, why did you do that? I don't know. I just wanted to set you up to fail, I guess. I guess. Um, Stu. Yes? You excited for Christmas, buddy? (laughs) I'm ready for it. Let's do this. Uh, My question was, are you excited for Christmas? Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Well, that went well. Um, I'm glad I got pumped up about this question. Tis the season, fellas. Wanted to ask the question. Yeah, I'm I'm starting this weekend actually. You're starting your this weekend. Christmas plans do. Well, we're going down to Renville County to do Christmas with my family this weekend. Gonna do Christmas with my mom on Saturday. Um, um I'm sorry, you know, Friday night, Saturday morning with my mom, then Saturday night with my dad's side, Howie out of my um my aunt's farm north of Hector. Um. So there will be no drinking on Friday night and Saturday afternoon, and then you know, going, going for the, the gusto on on Saturday. All of the drinking, hell yeah! So you don't do any drinking drinking on on mom's side, and then you just go ape shit on your dad's side. Is that right? Yes, that is pretty much it. Um, Okay. My aunt likes to. They. She's a wine enthusiast, so there's a bunch of wine there, and Howie's going to have a. Usually, he's good for a case and a half of Miller. Nice. Hell yeah! And. Um, I helped my uh, little brother Matt move a couple of weeks ago, so he's gonna bring some more beer. For oh, me. So sweet! I don't have to bring. I just have to bring myself and my family and the dog and some gifts and a couple of appetizers, and I'm good. So. You got a nice warm bed and forty beers nice with your name on it. That I'll be sleeping in my childhood bedroom on Friday night, actually, which is weird. I don't know if I, any of you still have ever. I don't know if you still have the house you grew up in in your family or not but it's always weird to when you're older sleeping in like oh yeah i i i was out I, of the house I, for about 12 seconds before my childhood bedroom was used for some other purpose it's, i mean yeah it's, it's the spare bedroom basically so right it's like no. man i have masturbated in here so many times <laughs> over here and here and over here and over here and also over here and in this region and that region and this part of the floor and yeah, there's no black lights there, thank God. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Praise <up>. Jesus. <laughs> the CSI people are going to call my God. Holy shit. <laughs> Is there a rave in here? <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the Renville County pervert did his awful deeds. <laughs> must have been a, like 20,000 bukkake parties in here. <laughs> Pretty much. Making um, omelets in here? Or <laughs> shit splattered everywhere. Oh my god! But yeah, that's so. Yeah, I'm. I'm already starting this weekend. You guys have any, 
I assume you're close to starting since I know you guys have family scattered hither and yon as well. Or are you guys pretty much settled this weekend still yet? Clarence? No, not, no, uh, no, uh, no Christmas no, stuff nothing. this weekend. Guess, oh, no, we got, we got lots. Guess, uh, Stu, you'll like this, you know, where, where there's a dance competition this weekend. Um, St. Paul? Stillwater? Bold. Bold. Bold? Damn Bird right. Island, Olivia, like Lillian District? Yes. You're going to be in Bird Island? I won't be there. Fuck oh, me. Oh, okay. Drunk? Okay. No, I, uh, <laughs> I ain't driving all the way out there. No, we've got <laughs> no, hockey, no. but, uh, okay. no, but she'll be out there. Oh, wow. I may, may have to swing out. And, and, John, you know who's one of the teams competing? Seth Green. Uh, would it be BDRSH? Close. I think BDRSH died, actually. I think they're Norman County West now or something. Oh, like no. That. Are we getting into outstate talk? Outstate talk. Oh, fuck. Ding, 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 ding. I'm so sorry. LQ. Lac Valley. Valley. Yeah, Lac Valley. Just, listeners, just oh. FYI, I am just shaking my head, slowly disappointing, <laughs> just for this whole next com- part of the conversation. Just I'm sorry. you know anyway, me, I'm just Brandon. If you want to understand what Outstate Minnesota is like, drive out to Black Valley's high school. Black Valley is a consolidated school, including the towns of Appleton and Madison and Milan and Marietta and a bunch of other small towns around there. And when it came time to build this new high school. Of course, there was a knockdown, drop dead argument about where it should go. So, Lacoparle Valley's high school is in a cornfield near Dawson, Minnesota, which is not part of Lacoparle Valley than any of the other cities. To compromise, everybody lost. To compromise, they put it in the stupidest possible place. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, no winners. Apologize to Kerry Tollison right now, John. I will not apologize to Kerry Tollison. <sighs> It's really out there. It's an odd thing to come upon, that high school. Brand new high school in the middle of nowhere. I thought you lived in Madison for a while, didn't you, Clarence? I did, yes. <laughs> You're still haunted by that. <laughs> it was something else. That's the one where I lived in the nursing home. Yeah. I mean, it was the only <laughs> only apartment open in the, in the whole town. You lived in a, lived what do you have, like a Benjamin Buttons disorder? What do you... <laughs> No, you moved out. No. People don't There's typically move out of the nursing. That home. would explain a lot about Clarence. Like, wow, There's people no have never actually moved out before. We've we don't I have a process in place. Old, living in a nursing home. Jesus. Yeah, there's yeah, a, it was it's either that it was or your car. You're pretty much on the edge of the earth when you get out that far west. <laughs> well, it was the whole situation was odd. it was a good job that I found out there, but uh, yeah, the living situation was was. Uh, Subpar. Uh, Good work yeah, and bad was, living. Yeah, it wasn't great. Well, you know, so the, I can't. This was my sophomore year of college, and uh, you know, my freshman year after I, uh, so I went to college, graduated high school, uh, went to college, and when I came, when I went to college, my dad's like, you know, okay, you gotta, you gotta move. Up. Well, before I went to college, my dad, my old man's like, you, you know, you don't have to go to college, but you can't live here anymore and I kind of thought you know that was his way of motivating me to go to college was you can't live in our house anymore well then so then I gotta just go to college because what else am I gonna do that's what made sense in my head is that's what his motivation he loves me he's he's doing this in my best interest he's thinking about me that's right 
and uh, you know nobody in our family had ever graduated from college. That's he's that's that's what's in his head. So I went to college, and I came back home from college after my freshman year, and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" <laughs> well, this college is college is is out for the summer, you know. Thought it was clear. <laughs> I thought we had a pretty clear conversation. I don't know how else to say it. You don't live here. (laughs) You can't come back. Like, well, where the fuck am I supposed to go for three months? You you know, you try living in the Twin Cities, find a three-month rent for an apartment in the Twin Cities. Good good luck for that. Right. And uh, he's like, well, you know, for this summer it's fine, but, you know, you're not after that. Don't plan on it. that's what happened. So then my sophomore year, junior year, uh, I lived in Madison one summer and up in Thief River Falls after my junior year at college. Found some jobs. And uh, anyways. Man, you really got around. I didn't know that. That's how I ended up living in Madison in a nursing home. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I told you the story about the uh, the string in the yes. in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> did I did I tell you about that? Well, uh, you might have told it, but you might as well tell it again now. I don't. We might have new listeners, Clarence. The, uh, the new listeners in that nursing home. I'm in the shower, and and uh, there's a string in the shower. What the fuck is this? This is you know coming out of the wall. Just a string. It's coming out of the wall. What the fuck is this thing? I'm yanking on it. Like, well, it kind of comes out, but it doesn't come all the way out, and. Well, that's weird. And just whatever went on with my shower, and uh, in the door, in the bathroom, though the bathroom door starts open. I'm like, what the fuck? And it's the caretaker lady or whatever for the whole place. And I had been pulling on the emergency string because it's a nursing home, and like <laughs> fall down in the shower. They think that you know that's how you so someone comes help you, and she's like, well, barges in the door, and there I'm standing, in all my nakedness, old lady. <laughs> Staring at me. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, the emergency went off. And what? And what sort of uh, state of excitement were you in? Were you like 2009 Brett Favre, or were you like 2012 Christian Ponder? Oh, it was six o'clock. Is it was a Ponder year? Oh, it was a Ponder year. Okay, good. That's it was six o'clock. That's helpful. Uh, anyways, uh, John, are you excited for Christmas? Yeah, we're. We're all over the place. Got to, going down to southeast Minnesota to visit my wife's family, and then we'll be out sort of in central Minnesota with my family, and it'll be quite the thing. You stopping in um, Cannon Falls with all the way to southeast Minnesota? You know, I always wave at Clarence's house on the way by, but I've been given to understand through text messages with Clarence that stopping in is not allowed. Oh, and well, the flaming arrows. Yep. yep. They're not going to be there. We drive by the house every so often, but, you know, the stuff that's launched at the car when we drive by is just, it's not welcoming. The The, dogs. The moat, yeah. The pit bulls. The the dogs with bees. Al, Al, you you have nothing to worry about from Al. (laughs) (laughs) Al just come and snore at you. Snore you to death. So someday I hope to gain Clarence's trust and earn an invitation to the compound, but wow. this isn't that year, and maybe someday. Maybe next year. Maybe. You Put that know. on your Christmas wish list. 
Yep. Perfect. Well, that was Actually, my... I, I will mention, I, I'm hoping to, on the way down to Southeast Minnesota, go to Wiederhold Supper Club in Miesel. I'm real excited about that. Wienerholders, you should. It's it's like it's not right on fifty two. It's well, it, it's off the beaten path a little bit, but, but not that bit. far off. Not path. so far out. Not so far out of the way that it's impossible to get to. No, and you could take that way down there too. Yeah. I mean, you know, take sixty one. It's pretty. Right. Live a little. Fucking asshole! Come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Yeah, that's Lake my big City. hope. Beautiful. Seems like it'd be more fun in the summertime than doing it in the dark in the wintertime, but that is uh for sightseeing sightseeing's not ideal in the dark. Yeah. It's one of the main things that I've learned about the dark in my time on Earth. The seeing part becomes more difficult when you mm-hmm. can't see. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. That checks um, out. We got upcoming birthdays on the podcast. That's exciting. We do. John Stu is... and Brandon this weekend. Or, I'm sorry. Stu oh, is shit. Friday. Yeah, my birthday Saturday. Saturday, too. <laughs> oh, right. hey. Happy birthday. Hey, thanks, Stu guys. is turning 59 this year. Yep. Roughly. Yep. But, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 an, it's an accomplishment that I'm not proud of, but... Uh, well, you Are know, they going to do anything special for you, for your birthday, or is no, it just is no, it just Christmas related? Like your rest of your yeah, life? The, the, it's yeah, it's pretty much that. I'm I'm fine with it. The kids, it's, and again, it'll be. You know, I'll have, I'll have my whole family around there, so it'll be fun. To, you know, I'll be around my mom and dad, even if it's separately. It'll be still be you know kind of you know cool to be. Well, that's back at the old homestead. So I think all of us thing. know having birthdays within 30 days of Christmas means that you no longer have a birthday. Right. No, you just you have Christmas. Yep. You get the combined gift. And... Yep. And no one can come to your party. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, Piper figured that one out, by the way. She has her party in the spring now. Oh, oh smart really? girl. Yep. She's going to have it at Dave and Buster's in May. So she's got it all figured out. I am all for observed holidays. I think doing it on a certain day is the dumbest thing in the whole world. Just choose yeah. a different day. Well, none of her friends can show up because, you know, there's already, I mean, the weekends before Christmas, like, you know, there's all sorts of shit going on with, like, yep. either Christmas pageants, there's church stuff. I mean, it's just in the hol- holiday tournaments, like, are just clogging everything up. So She actually she ends up coming birthday. out on top because she's got, like, a half birthday on her actual birthday. She still gets to do fun stuff. And then she gets a whole other celebration on yeah. the other day she yeah, chooses. Yeah, she did so. presents with us and we went out to eat and went to the good old Cold Stone Creamery and... uh then in, in May, she gets to have a party with her friends at Dave and Buster's down in Maple Grove. Coldstone, they use those like spatula things, right? They, and they do just use those spatula things. Sure, why not? And I think if we take her to Dave and Buster's, we can just like call Dana, Wessel, and um, Sharkman, and just they can do the babysitting. I don't have to do a thing. I'll, I'll be, be there for hours, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dana will be, you don't have to call Dana. He'll be there. No, he'll, be, he'll be there. Call him, yeah, that you're next to him. Yeah, the I'm here too. <laughs> <laughs> There's an 11 year old talking shit about Donkey Kong, and he'll, you know, <laughs> $1,700 in tokens later. <laughs> <I know. laughs> now, who's bad at Galaga? <laughs> oh, that's good. That is good. Brandon, what's your birthday plan slash Christmas plan? Uh, I have no birthday plan on purpose. I'm turning 35 this year, and it's it's always just difficult to get friends around to, to celebrate. Uh, five days before Christmas, everybody's busy. So I and I actually don't really care anymore. So um, 
I think we're going to go out to dinner, just the four of us. We don't really do that very often with a four-year-old and a one-year-old. In fact, I don't think we've done it more than twice ever. So we're going to give that a whirl, see what happens. Christmas is not for me. It's not a good time. It's so much running around for two hours here, two hours there. I mean, we've got a curse of a blessing typically, but it's a curse on Christmas with uh, divorced parents. So there's double the family. Everybody lives in town. We've got tons of siblings, cousins, etc. So we've just got, we seriously have three, four things to do on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So we'll just, we'll put in the time and and uh, have just a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of fun, hopefully here and there, but mostly be annoyed. And then we'll come home and exhale and, and be done with it. So I like other holidays more, is what I'm trying to say. Well, you don't like Thanksgiving, no, 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 no. I don't like Thanksgiving food. I love Thanksgiving. Well, that's the entire point of Thanksgiving. Well, so. I enjoy my family at that point. It's a little, it's a little more low-key. We only have one to do on, th- on Thanksgiving, so that's better. Do and, you alternate Thanksgivings, or do you just do the same one every year? No, we do my family. Her family goes up to the, uh, the casino, so they do casinos on Thanksgiving. So, um, I love Fourth of July more than anybody. I love Labor Day. Lots of other stuff. So I'm not like a holiday hater. It's just... I love President's Day. I, I'm i a big Arbor Day guy. There's nothing I love yep. more than Arbor. Flag Day is... I just Flag love Day is my Christmas. Just Arbor in general. I like celebrating it. I like being around it and near it and talking about and Arbor. Your, your Edoms and your days. I love Arboretums. Arbor and, yeah, any anything involving the word Arbor. Ann Arbor, gorgeous city. Al Arbor, former New York Islanders coach. Al Arbor is my favorite of the New York Islander former coaches. Mm-hmm. At least top three. At least top three. Um, no, it's just, you know, Christmas is... Speaking of observed holidays, I don't understand why we don't just say Christmas is the third, whatever, third Saturday of in December, and we could just have that be the celebration time. And I've proposed it to all of my different family members, and everybody sticks to their guns of like, no, we want Christmas Day, which is weird, but I don't know. Old people, man, and their traditions. So it sounds like none of you guys have gotten to the, we're just switching off between the families for Christmas this year, and we're not going to try to do everything. No, we, we can't, because it's a battle between all of the family members. And I'm like, hey, yeah, if yeah. you guys just did the 26th, we'd be there all day long. And they're like, no, 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 24th. See you there. It's like, all right, well, we'll be there for two hours because then we got to go to the other family who's sticking their guns just as hard as you are. <laughs> it's just fucking crazy, man. Slightly yeah. amazing. We just, we just, once we had Piper, I was like, well, if you want to see your, your grandchildren on Christmas Day, you're coming to our house. Oh, man. But you got to let us know so we can make some food. That's I would really, love that. You know, I really want to become the host. That oh, seems yeah, to me like the that's the that's the answer right there. We basically we did the reverse Catholic guilt on them and said, well, <laughs> you know, it's your, it's your grandchildren and they want to have Christmas Day in their house and there's really no comeback to that. I think so, that's yeah. the only way to overcome Catholic guilt is grandchildren guilt. That's pretty. That's much the only that. known in comeback. the guilt hierarchy. It's hard to get above <laughs> that's Catholic. Right. Guilt. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very true. Okay. Uh, let's wrap it up. This has been a long one. Thanks for answering my questions, fellas. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having them. We really were kind of... I thought we were going to just bitch about Teddy Bridgewater for 80 minutes. I'm well, we, come on. I'm, I'm a producer of a, of a professional podcast. I would never let you guys... It's amazing to me that we've gone like 50 straight episodes where Brandon was the only one who did any thinking about the podcast before we started, and yet he still is here every week <laughs> keeping things together. <laughs> Holding it together. Yeah. 
Uh, it's for moments like this, John. Um, I don't know what our schedule is like next week. Um, typically, we do Wednesdays. Next Wednesday, who knows? So, oh, that's right. It's Christmas. And next week is Let's Christmas. Just do week. Christmas Day. What the heck? So I, I would actually <laughs> fucking like the NBA. You're joking, but that would be my favorite Christmas of all time. Immediately, <laughs> oh, not god. seeing anybody but you guys. We're all going to Brandon's house for Christmas Day. Oh god, don't. I'll all right, divorced the next I am. Day. I am now at 2009 Brett Favre levels of excitement. So please stop. <laughs> um, We're just having sportive Christmas celebrations from now on. You know right. what, family? Yeah. You don't take a backseat. We'll be there Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas, but. Christmas Day is for the sportive. We can get into it later, but it's one of my main tenets in life is create your own traditions, and they're going to be the best thing in the whole world. So we can get into that later. Um, So anyway, uh, I don't know if we're going to be back next week. We can talk about it later. But if not, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and whatever you celebrate uh, to everybody. I think Hanukkah already happened. Hanukkah's done. Festivus is, I don't know. Wait, Um, did it end? It's eight days. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Today is the 16th, 17th. I think I'm going to just move on without saying I should know this. My boss is Jewish and she's been talking to me about it. And Well, I'm I am the I'm the only partially Jewish member of the podcast. I should know this stuff. You don't know either. So, OK, good. So the real culprit here is Clarence. Um, Put it on my shoulders. Yep. This is on me. That's on you. Well, if we don't see you or hear from you or you don't hear from us, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you about February 2016 when we get back into this. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm sure we'll be back soon. Uh, Until then, love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.